Hello and welcome to Minute. <laughs> to <laughs> to mi wow, I've been answering the phone all day. Can you tell? Yes. Okay, let's try this again. Hello and welcome to. To Mark my name is Earl. <laughs> yeah, that's when we're taking good enough roll intro. <laughs> All right, one more time. I promise I won't interrupt. Hello, and welcome to Mark and I with my girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And Erin fucks up the intro sometimes. <laughs> but you'll never know because I edited it out. So let's talk first things first about the not so great stuff. Yeah. Cause another, uh, there's a bit. Another April 15th. The April 15th bloodbath tradition continues. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit like privately. And one of the things that like, is different about this year is that these performers have indie shows that they can do. They have wrestling to go back to rather than it being just the start of the pandemic. Nobody knows when wrestling is going to come back. Wrestling is back now. Yeah. Get it? Like letting go of someone now is much less like livelihood killing. It's less evil. It's still evil, but it's less evil. God damn yeah. it, Brett. On Thursday, we had, I believe it was nine people. Yeah, I think. Go. Um, we had Samoa Joe. <laughs> we'll go over them individually again. We're just going to get through the list right now. Samoa mm -hmm. Joe, Mickey James, Kalisto, Billy Bloody Kay, Peyton Bloody Royce. Mojo Raleigh, Tucker, Chelsea Green, and Wesley Blake. So the first thing is, how the fuck do you let go of Samoa Joe? <laughs> how the fuck do you get rid of Samoa Joe? Unless the intention is that he's released from this contract and signed to a different contract for, like, commentary specifically. Yeah, but, like... Like they did with Kurt Angle. Like, they brought him back, like, right away. Yeah. When you add Kurt Angle to the mix... Samoa Joe knows he's got no chance. Oh, that's not good then. <laughs> no, it's not, unfortunately. But there there were some some words that I heard this morning of Samoa Joe had been like requesting to get back into action. Mm -hmm. And WWE just wouldn't get him cleared. Do you think they so were mad about the wellness policy violation? Because he wasn't a big enough guy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, wherever Joe goes will be amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, Joe will be signed anywhere he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Mickey James, really, you know? Yeah. Kind of married to the NWA champion right now, so that's an automatic door open. Yeah, for someone who could get signed anywhere. I think like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, I would love to see somewhere where they can work a really good program as you know whatever the new version of the Iconics will be. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I want to see them. At least in Impact for a little bit because Impact has a proper women's tag tag team. team. Yeah, I, as much as AEW would be fun for them because we yeah. get to see them on TV and everything like that more. There's a proper tag division for the women's tag division in Impact. Um, I still think AEW could pull off a women's tag division. Mm-hmm. 
they did. <laughs> if they have the desire. Yeah. It, it's just giving them more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give them time to work with. So, like, when Anna comes back, you have Anna and Ty Conti. Yep. You have, um... Who else could you put together? Rit and Nile would be really good. Yeah, that's true. They would also drive each other crazy. Yeah. You can't do Ivelisse and Diamante anymore because Ivelisse left. Yeah. No, the thing is, so many of the women get shown on the YouTube shows. Mm-hmm. And it's like, j just push some of them up. Just push some of them up. Like, Swole would be in a good in a tag team. Swole and Red Velvet, I was thinking the other day. Mm-hmm. Could be a lot of fun. Bring back Nicole Savoy and do Big and Little Swole again. Swole yep. family. Yep, they definitely could. Really? Oh, forget. Statlander and uh, Cheetah. Oh yeah, they were a tag team for a while too. Yeah. Now that Statlander's back, we can look at that again. Because mm -hmm. they were really good. But also, like, if they want to keep this forbidden door open. The Bunch impact. of Joshi wrestlers. Joshi Impact. I'm thinking the Ito Respect fan club. <laughs> uh, no, the Ito yeah. Respect army could make a showing every once in a while once international travel's easier. Yes. How funny would Anna and Makihito be? <laughs> I don't know. Because when Maki showed up, the Dark Order kind of forgot about Anna for a couple weeks. <laughs> they still have, they still don't remember Anna, or they're just gaslighting Stu for fun. <laughs> That's also possible. Like, it's entirely possible that they're just gaslighting Stu. Like, so what we're talking about is on BTE the past few weeks, different women have been sitting at Anna's place. Mm -hmm. Like, Ty Conti. And um, who was it this week? It was Statlander this week. Mm -hmm. Which was hilarious that didn't break down to a shouting match between her and Silver. Mm -hmm. I will say, Sue Young is still doing the Susan thing. Yeah. Abaddon is part of Decay. Could be kind of fun. I'm trying to think, like, there's there's definitely a lot of options for building a tag division. Oh, yeah. Like, um, they have, even just looking around the ringside on Wednesday night, mm -hmm. a lot of the people out there are the women's talent that gets used on Monday and Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have options to pick from. <laughs> I'd like to see, um, like, Riho back. There's, she could probably team with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Like, if we're going to go into, like, when travel's possible, like, mm -hmm. uh, Yuga Sakazaki coming in and Ryo would be a great team. Mm hmm I would like to see more um, TJPW people making the trek over, though. Yeah. I don't know how many of them are as sellable to American audiences, though. Like, it, yeah. It, you can sell Ito. Right. I, I don't know how over um But you couldn't sell someone like Hyper Misao with her weird special bicycle. <laughs> the hardcore bike. Yeah. <laughs> you could do what was it? Mia? I'm trying to remember names now in Japanese and say them in English. <laughs> uh the, the the Asa of TJPW. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a good point. Um She'd have a really good fit in with a lot of AEW women. Uh, I'm trying to think of who. Would, uh, yeah, Layla Hirsch would be good. I still think Layla Hirsch should join Team Taz. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she might be scarier than some of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think of like what other talent from Tokyo Joshi just straight up wouldn't translate well to American audiences. I think as much as I love her, I don't think Saki-sama would make sense in the US. No. As a Japanese woman playing a French aristocrat. 
it, it would get lost. It would get very lost. Yeah. There's like there's a lot of very specific like gimmicks to TJPW that just don't translate all that well. Yeah. Could always bring in Shoko Nakajima. Mm-hmm. And when Lindsay Snow is healed up, put them together as Team Kaiju. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's look at the TJPW roster for this. Sorry, this is a tangent. This is, yep. We're getting started on the tangent early. <laughs> hey, now hold on. This isn't early. This is at the normal time. 20 minutes into the recording. Yeah, this is this is on topic for a tangent. All things okay. like this is an on topic tangent. Okay, that's fair. Well, you're looking that up to a point out real quick that uh, Tucker seemed very heartbroken from his picture on the golf course when he got the news. <laughs> <laughs> he tweeted that one out right afterwards. Yeah. Because that's a shame because that's another tag team that won't get back together now. You know who wouldn't make sense in the U.S.? Marika Kobashi. Her gimmick is being a Gyaru. And Gyaru is a very specific kind of women's fashion in Japan that, okay. like, they dye their hair blonde and act rude. Okay. It's like basically yeah. like pretending to be American, but the gimmick wouldn't translate well. No, it, it it's kind of like how we talked about the cleaner gimmick before. Mm-hmm. How because it the gimmick is being excessively American, the American audience just doesn't see anything as a gimmick. Right, it's just Kenny Omega being an asshole. You could build a good women's tag division of ladies twirling wind. Yeah, you definitely could. Yes, we haven't got to her yet, but Chelsea Green is right on her merch game. Yeah. Immediately putting up a new shirt this morning. She's someone I'm looking forward to having back. Cause she was like pivotal to a lot of impact storylines a few years ago mm -hmm. so it'll be fun to see if they can pick those up or put her in brand new or whatever okay i got i got a couple of others uh haruna neko probably wouldn't translate all that well to the average aew fan because her gimmick is cat girl <laughs> It doesn't have to translate for that one. She'll just be over. Okay, I think you overestimate the appetite for cat girls among working class cishet LO Americans. Mm, maybe. Um, maybe I think of my wrestling fans as nerdier. Palm Harajuku. Her gimmick is clown. Yeah. Clowns are not scary in Japan. I want to like clarify that, like, like yeah. it's just not a thing there. Now you got me thinking. I haven't seen a clown gimmick in forever. Yeah, because they're not. They they've got weight to them from the history of very bad clown gimmicks. Yeah, and very bad clowns. Mm-hmm. I I think you skew a little. To the, like, odder side of the AEW fan, and I mean that with the most love and respect possible, because the weird ones are the ones that I love the most. But, like, I I'm talking about the people, like, the people who go to, uh, like, the AEW shows and, like, are really into, I don't know, whose who's, who's program is, like, very typically American wrestling in AEW. Very typically? Yeah. Other than like WWE? Yeah, I guess. But like, I guess it's the WWE fans who jump ship or. Yeah. Like, it's hard to pick, like, because AEW fans will accept a lot of weird shit now that I think about it. Yeah, AEW has kind of like trained their audience to be a little bit to understand suspension of disbelief is important for wrestling yeah they're also a little bit smarter where they know how to look for talent usually <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And so you can get people over a lot better because a lot of them follow indies. They follow old WWE stuff and they see these purple, they see these people that they wanted to do good before and now have a chance to. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Sakesama is not French. She is from Vienna in the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> I, look, I don't get it. It's Japan. It's Joshi. It's Joshi. Joshi is weird, and I love it. <laughs> and honestly, I think I need to pick up that subscription to DDT Pro again. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what other stuff does AEW ask their fans to suspend disbelief about? Um, Abaddon. Abaddon well, is the big one. They did until commentary fucked that up. How did commentary fuck that up? By saying in her match with, with, with Sheeta, yeah, she's just a woman in makeup. Like, don't fucking tell me that. Tell me she's a zombie. She's a zombie, yeah, like, what is this? What is this? Like, yeah, with Abaddon, with the Dark Order being a corporate cult of perverts. But also, they're not a cult so much as a club now. They're more like, yeah. they're more like the, like, you know, Elks Club or whatever. But just, like, a little bit kinkier. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Did you watch the interview with and Uno today. I did not know. It is gay. Good to know. It keeps that same energy as all the BTE stuff. Even with just those two. Okay, that's good it's a little more subtle, I found, though. Uh, hey, Aaron, have we ever talked about Stu's cooking show on here? I don't think we have. Because those videos are unlisted now on YouTube. <laughs> So, the playlist isn't, though. No, you can find the playlist. So, like, a decade ago, I think it was. When he still had hair. When he had hair, when they were still the Super Smash Brothers, when they were still good guys. Mm-hmm. Stu Grayson had a internet cooking show with his good friend... I can't remember his name. It starts with P now. Hold on, I can probably pull this up, actually. I so, think I saved the playlist. While we are talking about this, I want to circle back to the firings, specifically to talk about Heaven fucking Dunn. Because apparently Billy Kay got fired because Kevin Dunn didn't get her. Which means, in Kevin Dunsby, he couldn't jack off to her. Almost assuredly, yes. I Kevin Dunn should just be parodied by someone. The name of the co-host was Pasquale. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I knew it started with a P. If I drop the link for this, will that piss evil Uno off? No. I mean, I'm going to do it regardless. No, hard. Like, it's just frustrating to see genuinely good talent being passed over because some fucking mouth breather who doesn't understand how camera angles work doesn't like her. Yeah. They don't think she's hot enough to jack off to. So, listening to what culture this morning they actually made an interesting point in that even if the iconics don't come back as a tag team having billy k somewhere as a manager or a mouthpiece is just perfect <laughs> she has the timing and the voice for for it and it's so good mm -hmm. so like, and, and that's the thing I don't get, like, Billy Kay is not unattractive. No. 
but she's not a blonde. Is that why he had Peyton Royce? Is that why they had Peyton Royce go blonde? Probably. I don't know, just one more, one more. Fuck you, Kevin Dunn. I hope somebody parodies you. That's parody <laughs> in square brackets. <laughs> uh, Kevin Dunn wanted to give Becky Lynch less TV time because he didn't like her accent. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Kevin Dunn. Yeah, no, Kevin Dunn is... He's a yes-man and a fuck-up. He's, like, the worst kind of yes-man. He's he's a toady. Yeah. The pissant. So anyway... <laughs> should we find something better? Yeah, let's talk about my boys. Bring Your boys. My boys. I wish Erica's here on the soundboard. <laughs> you could invite her in. <laughs> Let's not give the hard freaking piss that's a bad day. <laughs> oh. So, let's talk about my boys. Specifically, the Young Bucks. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> so, Aaron, how did you feel about the Young Bucks this week? This week, I hated the Young Bucks. Why know I felt about last week? How did you feel about the Young Bucks last week? I thought they had a chance to redeem themselves, and they fucked it up. So how do you feel about the Young Bucks going into next week? Fuck the Young Bucks. Their fake-ass Dior shoes. <laughs> oh, God. Let's get some background going here with what happened last week. When the big man fan of Dynamite was Mox teaming with the Bucks against Kenny and the Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. And what was a pretty good match, actually. Yeah. They all kind of knew what was going to happen at the end, but it was good. Yeah. And then the Bucks betrayed Mox. Yeah. Because it, they couldn't hurt Kenny. Yeah, they set him up twice for a BT trigger. And couldn't do it. So Mox tagged himself in and said, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. And yeah, he had Kenny all set up. And they super kicked him. Yep. Super kicked Mox. When Eddie came out, they jumped him. Uh-huh. And they celebrated in the ring with their good buddy good pal Don Callis. Yes they did and it was great. Ugh. Every single segment that has happened since then perfect. Okay I'm gonna say as a wrestling commentator and analysis or whatever I have written in my Twitter profile this angle is fucking brilliant. I love it. It's. I hope it doesn't end anytime soon. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. Like, objectively, this is good story. Me, like the mark is going to tell the Bucks to fuck right off. Me, the heel mark, it's going to celebrate the Bucks <laughs> finally embracing their destiny. Yeah. Because remember, in the kayfabe of this podcast, I'm the heel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> that that is interesting at times. Does it? It can, yeah. When? <laughs> when? Don't worry about it. So yeah, they, they do all this, and then the Friday afterwards, there was AEW's house show, "The House Always Wins," which I can't see because it was a house show. AW, I followed you since day one. Can I please see the house show? Yeah, it's a little annoying that we can't that they're doing house shows now. Like I, I get it. They they want to do something different, put on a little bit of a special thing for people to show up in person, but I have no option to get there. <laughs> and there was a ten man ten man tag during that event. Which saw the elite of Good Brothers, Bucks, and Kenny 
taking on Death Triangle and the Side Owls. Mm-hmm. And out of this, Pac actually got the pin in the match. He got the pin. Mm-hmm. So in their first outing as a full group, the Elite lose, as they should. Yeah. And it sets up a title shot for Pac and Phoenix for this week. I don't say, like how she's having actual bearing on the plot of televised AEW. That yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I'm missing context on this. Like, they, they at least explained it during Dynamite. Yeah. Like, but okay, I'm like, not going completely blind, but I would like the full context. I'm greedy for my AEW. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, right, right off the bat, Death Triangle and the Bucks was an amazing match. <laughs> I might even put it on our list for the Marquis this year. Good to know. Yeah. And yeah, in the end, the Bucks do win because of course. But over the course of the match, there's something I did notice. And mm-hmm. that Matt and Nick during well, during most of it are really going through the motions. Like yeah. They're hit, they're hitting their spots. Yeah. They're do, they're doing their famous moves, but it seems like there's like soullessness to it. Their heart isn't in it right now. Right. Also, they don't seem comfortable being the heels. Like even the camera crew went to the babyface tunnel first and had to backtrack when they came out. And then at the start of the match, Matt goes for a tag in the wrong corner. Yeah. Gets backed in, puts his hand up, and then realizes it's Phoenix there. Like, that's not going to work out. No. And on top of that, they sacrificed a pair of Dior Nike shoes. Two pairs. One each. For this match. Mm-hmm. And moreover, those shoes were fake. <laughs> so they're just pissing off everybody. Yep. <laughs> and then at the end of all this, they pull off their win by yanking off Phoenix's mask and super kicking him. Yep. <sighs> Wasn't it so great? I'm going to shout at AEW every time they do this, like, here and through Twitter. They have to put in the mass DQ rule. Do they? Yes! It's an absolute disrespect of personal property and heritage. But isn't that a heel thing to do? Yes, and heels get disqualified. They, they they cheat and they get disqualified. That's consequence of actions. I actually have in my notes that they tore his mask off in all caps. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, I've seen Phoenix's mask torn off so many times, it doesn't even face me anymore. Yeah, Phoenix has lost his mask. Like, it's like, so the one thing that, like, it, it always, like, gets me when, like, you pull off a luchador's mask and they don't have hair. But it also gets me when they do have hair. Oh, yeah. You don't expect it. It's like, wait, they have hair? <laughs> yeah, watching, like, Triple A weekly TV, Phoenix and Penta play faces, so it gets torn off or ripped or something just about every week. Yeah, they, they definitely like to do... I basically know what these guys look like. Yeah, you know, more or less. Yeah. I will say there was one, oh, there was a lot of amazing spots in this match, but the one that really stuck out to me was you've got all four of them outside, you've got Phoenix behind Matt, and you've got Nick behind Pac, and they stare at each other for a second, and then do twin poison ranas. <laughs> yep, that was a very good moment. Now, this like this was a match of very good moments, and oh, then... Yeah. 
just the crowning achievement of pulling Phoenix's mask off flawlessly, like it was yep. butter. Oh yeah, they, they submit themselves as just pure heels at this point. There's no redemption. The crowd hated them. Like, even, um, even as soon as they came out of the tunnels at the start, it was just booze. Booze. I couldn't non-stop. hear anyone cheering over it. Like, it was... this whole storyline is just awesome i love it so much excuse me i've been enjoying the whole like the way that don Callis in his i don't know if i've talked about this on the show or not i've talked about it to you definitely but there's a very specific way that they've been presenting don Callis in his like physical appearance the use of rose tinted glasses is very specific like you know the saying looking through looking at life through rose tinted glasses is one of those things that like don callis always like don callis only sees the good parts of what he's doing mm-hmm. but like in that same way, I think he knows what he's doing is, like, genuinely really terrible and evil, and he's doing it for, yeah. like, money and clout. Yep. I think, like, at least within the kayfabe, Don Callis is playing, like, that effectively. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Supernatural, I'm sorry, but Don Callis <laughs> is, like, playing the Crossroads demon, and Kenny Omega gave away his soul to win that title. Yeah. Or at least his soul will be due in nine years and a couple months. Because <laughs> you never break the deal. You give them the ten years, and then you come take their soul. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody buys into it. <laughs> so the thing is, what Cal's is doing right now really does remind me of his uh, run with ECW in the 90s Mm -hmm. where he played Cyrus the Virus. Like from On Air? Kinda? Google it right now and look look what comes up. (laughs) Yeah, if I remember correctly, that was like a really corporate stooge kind of thing. And he would tempt wrestlers away from ECW proper. So, yeah. It's like a really refined version of that that I see. Interesting. So, 90s ECW. How different was... Was that... It's very different from Conair. But it's also not that different from Conair. Yeah, I'd have to try to remember Con Air. Oh, <laughs> what a movie. I haven't watched Con Air in about 15 years. Because <laughs> it used to be on TV all the time. Like, the way that, the way that Nick Cage says, put the bunny down. <laughs> and <laughs> the way that the way that, like, all of the bad guys have some element of, like, being a little bit sympathetic. Most of them are leftists. The movie is right-wing propaganda, like, straight up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. It's so bad. Oh. The last time I watched it was for Roxy's birthday, because Roxy wanted to have a birthday movie night. And seeing as Roxy's friends with a lot of Homestucks and did name herself after a Homestuck character, um, we watched Con Air because Con Air is featured heavily in Homestuck. Oh, God. Of course it is. Yep. And oh, my God, that movie is so god awful. I love it, but it's so bad. 
the end sequence where they crash the plane on the Vegas Strip and fucking <laughs> steal a fire truck. Uh, okay. Is it wackier than Fast and Furious? No. Okay. Are you looking forward to the Fast and Furious Jurassic World crossover? Yes. Okay. Alex Flanagan, send me that script, please. <laughs> Did Con Air come out before Speed? I think Speed came out first. Speed was 1994. Con Air was 1997. Yeah. Con Air is just such a... Such a movie. <laughs> it is definitely a movie. It was definitely put on film. It is definitely right-wing propaganda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, no, like, I, I'm loving what the Young Bucks are doing right now. I'm loving the way that Bullet Club is completely not fine, and yet Bullet acting Club like they never are. fine. <laughs> They're always splitting at the seams. It's almost like when you gather a bunch of big egos and like big talent big talent together into one stable they start to butt heads mm-hmm now the bucks have also picked up their twitter account again yeah and they are doing half their tweeting through their bio yeah they're putting passive aggressive 160 character messages in their bio <laughs> instead of tweeting which is i applaud them for that that's a great heel move in taking content away so people have to pay attention to you yeah what else did we want to talk about Aaron because I am running on fumes this week <laughs> well I can tell you that after the match they had a quick interview with Hangman in the back where they wanted to get his feelings on Kenny and the Bucks and what's been going on mm-hmm so Hangman deflected to the Dark Order and went to pick up something for everyone to eat. <laughs> yep. And he doesn't want to talk about it. He's with friends now. Leave him alone. Then they also talked about John's shoulder and his physical therapy. Yep. It's been uh, going very well. He can lift his arm. Mm hmm And uh, Chris Statlander was there. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> I I appreciate... Oh yeah, he gets Southwest egg rolls. Okay, yes. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. You know? But Aaron, I'm tired. You're gonna have to carry the show, because I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. So, a little bit... Last thing on the Elite is that on the 24th is Impact Rebellion show which is going to have title for title Kenny Omega and Rich Swan. It's hopefully going to be good. I think if they go to like a DQ or a double knockout, double count or anything like that, it's just going to piss off everyone involved. Mhm. Mm like, I don't So think do I you think to... do you think Kenny Omega holds the belt? I think Kenny's taking the Impact Championship. For how long? Who's to say? Like, how long can they run this storyline where he just collects belts? And where does he go from there? Like, do they do they maybe open up with ROH? Because ROH is still doing closed off shows. Maybe they're the responsible company. <laughs> maybe they have Kenny Omega cold blooded murder Osprey. I mean, that'll turn him face. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly expect for Kenny to win the title and then show up on Dynamite the next week with both of them. Talking about how it's so great that he could actually hold on to two belts at once. <laughs> oh, you're right. He's not over his fucking boyfriend. Oh, you're right. Oh, yep. the man is not over his. The man's not over his ex boyfriend. No. Uh, either let it go or call him. Do something. Spare knock. 
He doesn't need to zoom call. He doesn't need to be involved in this. I'm not sick of being involved in this by the looks of things. I'm just like <laughs> Kenny takes the NXT UK title from Walter next. Oh jeez. Who is called? Oh, Walter's getting called out by Eric Redbeard right now. Do you mean Eric Rowan from the Bludgeon Brothers? Yes. <laughs> he's Eric Redbeard now, and he shows up at... Big Red! Oh, Big Red! Was... <laughs> I Sorry, I did rewatch the... Because um, I felt like crying this week. I rewatched the uh, Silver and Reynolds... Brody Lee celebration oh, of life God. match. And yeah, that was Jericho oh. is awful and yet somehow also like just by completely not caring about copyright really sold that moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it seemed like no one actually told him what was going to happen. <laughs> Which I could believe. With some of the stunts AEW has pulled. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, getting a genuine reaction out of Jericho is probably worthwhile. Oh, yeah. God, that fucking match. I don't know if I could watch it again. Yeah, it... Was a lot. Yeah. It was... It was worth watching again, I think. Just, mm -hmm. like... It was a moment that I think I needed to, like... Come back to, and, like... It's a moment that I needed to come back to for the sake of, like... Really, like, kind of cementing... What made that night so special. Mm-hmm. And... I was just thinking this week... About I forget where it came up. Someone somewhere was talking about how paper is not a good weapon, and I was like, "Well, you're wrong about that." <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole commentary team still using it's Wednesday, and you know what that means is really, really heartwarming every time I hear it. Yeah, I I hope that's just the permanent thing. Yeah. It, it seems, seems like it. Be. So it's just been it's been a very odd year of wrestling since the last April 15th firing. Yeah, it's been all over the place since then. There's been highs, there's been lows, there's been creepy Don Callis. <laughs> there's been MJF for president. There's been MJF leading a <laughs> Faction. A good faction. Yeah, that is a well put together team. I can't wait for that Blood and Guts match. By the way, there's going to be a Blood and Guts match yeah. on May 5th. <laughs> it's going to be the Pinnacle and Inner Circle. Yep. So, you know, there's. Not going to be a New Jersey match I want to see. It was supposed to have been in New Jersey. I was supposed I to have gone. Yeah, and Brody Lee was supposed to be in Rochester, and I was supposed to have gone. <laughs> yeah. Things happen, unfortunately. Things happen. But hey, you know, wrestling has been pretty good this year, all things considered. It's adapted. Hey, we're still here talking about it. It's adapted. <laughs> it's rebuilt. It's endured a lot. The shows that have been able to run have been so amazing for how they work with the current climate. Yeah, no, for sure. And, like, I think, I hope, as fans, wrestling fans have become less tolerant of creeps. Yeah, you know. Some of them try to sneak back in. And... Joey Ryan. <coughs> yeah. That whole thing. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> wrestling didn't slow down. Like, as soon as I could do 
rapid enough testing. Mm-hmm. Everyone was getting tested like the Tuesday or Wednesday before shows, and then the Tuesday or Wednesday afterwards. Excuse me, I am dragon. <laughs> no, your cat. You're not a dragon. No, those are in the bedroom. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, you're dragon figures, right? Um, there are certainly sculptures. I'm trying to help you here, Kat. And I'm not. <laughs> okay, fair. Bury yourself then. <laughs> am I burying myself or am I just getting shine with the furry audience? Maybe both. Also the kinky audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, because oh. I don't buy from that company. But right idea. Yeah. That's a whole thing that is not the topic of this show. No, I do not have the time nor the energy to explain to you why Bad Dragon is problematic. <laughs> but it's worth looking up. I'm sure there's YouTube videos about it. Okay, so moving on from that. There was one other thing I wanted to mention on Dynamite this week. Yes. In that there was three women's segments this week two matches and a stellar interview with Britt Baker mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the first match we had was Red Velvet and Jade Cargill incredible In... amazing like we knew they were the stars of that tag match a little while ago and this just like cemented that yeah, no, like, it, it, there's, it's hard to, like, put into words, but the way that they put on those matches together, like, they clearly work really well together. They have great chemistry. I'm and, looking forward to this being, like, a long-term rivalry between mm -hmm. them. Like... There's just a lot that's really cool about them fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Like, Red Velvet just throwing everything she can mm -hmm. at this giant Jade Cargill. And just not being able to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I'm loving... Red Velvet as the baby face here. Mm -hmm. She's very sympathetic. I can definitely get behind her. And I love Jade as the heel here because she is so dominating in that ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, I when she starts having more regular matches, there's mm -hmm. a whole lineup of people I want to see her work with just to see how it goes. Like, even, even like another heel like Nyla Rose, right? Just a full-on power match. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Statlander, another one. Sheeta in time, you know, because th that's kind of like the hierarchy thing coming to into play with yeah. wrestling. Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa, definitely. I don't, I don't think she'd work too well with Abaddon. No. Because they just don't gel character-wise. Big Swole, of course. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to see Big Swole fight everybody. <laughs> I would like to see Leva have some televised matches eventually. Yeah. Definitely, that'd be great. You know, and win some of them once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Jade versus Yuka Sakazaki. Wow, that would be that would be something. <laughs> yeah. So we had that match. We had Statlander versus Amber Nova. And it was a squash match, but it was really good showing off that she is back, she's recovered, and she has a new relationship in the best friends. Mm -hmm. like even coming out to the Pixies. <laughs> and you know, Orange Cassie giving a little thumbs up when she was about to win. 
Yeah, no, they're friends now. Yeah, it's awesome. Statlander sang him that song from the Star Kid musical. <laughs> yes, which you told me about last time. <laughs> it was adorable. Mm-hmm. And then he was asleep anyway. Mm-hmm. Or was he? <gasps> and finally, there was the interview with Britt Baker in the back, just going over how she's ready to face either Ty Conti or Sheeta again, whoever it is, because she just wants that title because she is the best in the division. I don't disagree. <laughs> But at the end of it, something that caught me was uh, Tony wished her good luck on her future endeavors. So I think Tony just fired his fin dom. Interesting. <laughs> like, are you allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah I think you're allowed. You're absolutely. That's what. Yes, you're allowed to fire your fin dom. Huh. Consent is part mind. of it. Like. <laughs> I know. Oh, trust me, I know. Wait, you, you, you've worked with a Findom before? No, I haven't. I've been asked to before, but we're not going to go into that. And I'm curious. Were you <laughs> supposed to be the Findom, or are you supposed to be the pay pig? I wasn't paying. <laughs> so you were the Findom? Yeah. No. It's just one of those creepy Twitter messages I've gotten. No, 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 no. Wrong person to message about that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I said no. I said fuck off and blocked him. <laughs> That's not my gig. That's not Aaron's gig. <laughs> um. So hey, personal. <laughs> we're on a we're we're on a publicly live streamed show. I just said the word pay pig. So yes, you did. <laughs> Um, Aaron, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, just one thing real quick. Just okay. my recommendation. Because I also have a recommendation. I'm getting through this as quick as I can. This is a match that I actually showed you and Erica this week. Where it's RJ City and Gregory Iron. <laughs> Gregory Iron now part of 440. This is a death match they did a couple years ago. And... I'm just going to let you know, the stipulation is brutal. One of them has to die. So, you know, go, go into the match with that in mind and just try to enjoy yourself as you watch two men try to kill each other. Not figuratively in the way that wrestling normally does, but literally. Yeah. Uh, disclaimer, this is a comedy match. So just remember that. No one's actually gonna die, but you're gonna laugh yourself to death. Mm -hmm. Um, my recommendation is that you all listen to the Party of One podcast this week. Oh, why is that? Well, Aaron, our good friend Jeff Stormer and Simon Moody played "What's So Cool About Lucha Libre." And it's a very good episode. Oh, that's out now? I gotta listen to that. Yeah. I saw them announce that... I, I thought it was being recorded. Nope, it's out. Okay. Right now. Came out yesterday. That's a cool-looking game. I've read through it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It definitely is. And, like... Oh, God. what the, the names that they came up with for their luchador are just perfect. Like Jeff is play so they had like a Superman Batman kind of dynamic that they were working with. Okay. And Jeff's character was named Paladino. <laughs> oh god, okay. And Paladino is like well known and like everyone in the everyone in the city has a story of how Paladino has helped them in one way or another. Like mm -hmm. he's loved and respected and an older superhero, which I think is an older superhero slash luchador, which yeah, like okay. I think is a great like I I love when they bring in like older luchador, yeah, to like 
you know, have their run around the ring and like they have that like little bit of extra swagger saying I've been here and I've done this before and I know that I can beat you. I've done it all. I've seen it all. And I can do it again. <laughs> You're nothing new to me. Yep. You're just a young little piece of shit. And I know every move you've got. That kind of like old guy swagger, but like. Yeah. It, it's earned ego. Yes. But like, it's a program that's done very differently to the way that they do it in WWE, where it's just like, mm. well, let's bring Ric Flair out and have him try not to die in the ring for 10 minutes. Yeah, and we'll give him a belt for it. <laughs> Let's bring out Bill Goldberg and have him squash the fiend. <laughs> Maybe Reigns again sometime. It's it's, just... it, it's a lot more respectful. Yes, to it's everyone involved and the audience. It shows respect to the wrestler. It shows respect to the wrestler, like their opponent. It shows respect to the audience in the way that it's done in a lot of Lucha Libre booking. Mm-hmm. In WWE, it's weaponized nostalgia. Yeah. Remember the Attitude Era? Like, you know, like, it'd be like, it's like, you know, the moment of, like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening, that you have one, like, a, it, okay, the one time WWE has done it right, in recent memory that I can think of is, um, you know, barring camera fuck ups. <laughs> when Edge came out at the Royal Rumble. Like, okay, yeah. He's he's the older guy. He's got earned swagger. He's back after like retiring and everything like that and being forced to retire. Yeah. Like, he's overcome a major injury for this. Yeah. That's just like. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you can definitely get behind. So. Definitely listen to this week's Party of One. Listen to all episodes of Party of One. Jeff is a wonderful GM, a wonderful game designer and a good friend. We played a game of his. We did. We tried to play another game of his and it just didn't work out for the recording, but we'll get we'll get we'll get back around to it. Also, yeah. check out this uh game jam that I'm doing on itch. <laughs> I know this isn't the RPG show, but We're gonna record that tomorrow. This game jam is really cool. You're given a fake cover and title for a game. And then you make that game. So, Aaron, do you have anything else that needs to be said? I don't. Neither do I. Do you think they deserve the thing this week? We're leaving a bit early. Might as well give them the thing. It'll satisfy them. Yeah, but do I want them to be satisfied? You are the heel here. That's true. As the babyface, I have to encourage you to do the thing. Okay. Well then. Just for you, for being all very good little boys, girls, and non-binaries. I will bid you adieu. And say, be gay. Mwah. Do I'm not doing it. Bye. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Um, hey, so there's some, there's some things trending uh, right now. Are they good things? No.
Dang it. I mean, like, there haven't been any additional... Have there been additional firings today? No, not that I've seen. Okay, there were supposed to have been. There was thought to be. Sometimes there are good things trending, like, um... No. Not, Not that one either. What about... No. Uh, there's... No. I got nothing. In theory, there could be good things trending. 